Today's episode is sponsored by Adam and Eve. You know, I read so many stories about cheating partners and unhappy marriages. Maybe people wouldn't be in such unhappy relationships if they spent more time nurturing their love life. That's why you should check out today's sponsor, Adam and Eve. They've got toys for men, toys for women, and toys for... How should I put this? Well, it's not exactly r slash am I the butthole. More like r slash I'm in the butthole. And yeah, I realize that ordering adult toys can be a little scary because you may be concerned about privacy. Don't worry, Adam and Eve offers discreet and free shipping for your package. Trust me, these people are experts in your package. You can get 50% off on just about any item, along with free shipping and rush processing. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item. It could be an adventurous new toy or anything you desire. Then enter code R slash at checkout. That's R slash R S L A S H at adamandeve.com. This is an exclusive offer specific to this podcast, so be sure to use code R slash to get your discount, plus 100% free shipping, and get it fast with rush processing. Use code R slash. Welcome to R slash malicious compliance, where a lunch thief loses thousands of dollars. Our next Reddit post is from I Needed Tiny Llama. I worked for an orthopedic surgeon who constantly ate people's lunches and would leave $10 on the fridge. He really loved leftover home-cooked meals. I don't get lunches off. I have to work to keep paying your salary so you can go buy another lunch, he would say. I hated him so much, but I got paid a lot. He was fresh out of his internship and residency, and he thought that he was above everyone else. We complained to the office manager. She went to the doctor and said that we were all pissed about it. The doctor told her to just deal with it. He said that if he decided to eat one of our lunches, we could have the office manager just order us something. This was amazing. There were two people besides me who had family and kids, so we always brought leftovers. Whenever he ate my food, I ordered from the most expensive steak place in town. Appetizers, 22-ounce steak, three sides, a salad, and dessert. I'd eat the salad and bring the rest home. And, of course, there was always plenty of leftovers to take to work the next day. The rest of the staff was doing the same thing. Ordering whole chickens, four to five different Chinese dishes, spending hundreds of dollars to replace stolen meatloaf sandwiches and day-old soups and spaghetti. The office manager went along with it. After all, the doctor did say that we could order whatever we wanted if he took our lunch. This went on for two months until dickhead doctor caught on. From then on, he had the office manager order him lunch. I did miss trading off a cold pork chop and Spanish rice for prime rib with all the fixins. I have to wonder if this was less about the doctor liking the food or about the convenience or the speed and it was simply him doing a power trip. It was him stealing your food because he was the boss and he could. And you're just a pathetic little nothing nurse or administrator, so who cares about what you want? Well, you made him care about what you want because he was paying for it. Our next Reddit post is from Neat Warthog. I work at a department store that routinely has percent off coupons for additional discounts. We also offer a 10% senior discount every day, but the rule is only one percentage off can be applied to your purchase. Enter Karen into my checkout line. She has a 40% off coupon and lots of items to be purchased. After scanning her cards, I scan her 40% off coupon. She tells me that she's a senior, which is obvious, and she wants her 10% off also. I tell her that only one percentage can be applied. Of course, she wants a manager. 
the manager shows up next to me and tells her the same rule. She becomes irate and demands her senior discount. The manager tells her again that only one discount can be applied, but she's insisting on getting her senior discount. So the manager reaches over me and applies the 10% senior discount. The Karen gets this, I won, smirk on her face. Then, the manager removes the 40% off discount from the transaction, and the lady just about loses her mind. Where's my 40% discount? The manager said, you insisted on getting your 10% senior discount, so I gave it to you. She backtracked pretty quickly and said that she wants the 40% instead of the senior discount. I really wish she hadn't noticed and only got the senior discount. I love this top comment from Urban Yeti. Sorry, that coupon's already been scanned. We can't apply it again. Our next Reddit post is from Augustus B. McPhee. This story happened about 15 years ago, when I was, and still am, working with people with disabilities in a community home. It's a great job for those who like it, but a terrible one for those who don't. Meaning that any staff you meet are either very new or long-term like myself. As a consequence, the turnover rate of staff is high, and replacement staff are slow to be hired, meaning you often find shifts not covered straight away. This is an industry where simply not having a shift filled is not an option, especially where I work, in a house with a single day staff and a single night staff. There are some strict rules regarding hours you can work. These rules are intended to avoid burnout. But mostly, they're used to keep a rain on overtime, which in our industry is a plus 70% raise over your hourly rate for the first three hours, and plus 100% for any time over that. It's also worth noting that the people we work with are vulnerable, meaning they can't be left unsupervised. So, long story short, you literally can't go home until your replacement arrives. So, back in the early 2000s, we were having problems locating staff. Lots of people were working overtime, and we had lots of fresh faces appearing and then disappearing. The house I worked in wasn't particularly difficult. We had four adults with intellectual disability. But there was no support, by which I mean the worker there had to fend for themselves. There was no supervisor in the next building, but they were miles and miles away. I would frequently have to stay behind for like half an hour to an hour waiting for staff to come replace me. I was less than happy with the way that it was handled. Each time, I had to call the office to remind them that the night staff hadn't arrived. To which I'd get the reply, We're still looking. How late can you stay? The obvious answer was, until I'm replaced. But what I often said was, I prefer not to stay after the end of my shift. But that doesn't seem to matter now, so I'll stay here until someone comes. Each time a new face arrived, I'd give them all the information they needed for the shift, introduce them, and walk them through their duties, which would take like 20 to 30 minutes. The point is, I couldn't just jump ship the second that new staff arrived to replace me. This was someone's home. So this story happened on one particular weekend. My schedule had me working 12-hour days, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Come Friday night, my replacement didn't arrive. I waited. I sent a text message to the supervisor after 15 minutes, then called after 30. I left a message, and when they eventually called back, I could tell that they hadn't found a replacement. I told them that I'd stay until they did. By that point, one hour had passed since the end of my shift, 10 p.m. Come 11 p.m., they call and say they simply can't find a replacement. 
They offer me a deal and say that if I stay and do the night shift, I can take the next shift off. It's pretty even, so you won't miss out, they said. Then they changed their tone and said, It's not really a request. You have no other option. Treat this as a direct order. I reminded them that this was a passive house, meaning I got half the hourly rate from midnight, but you could sleep in the bid provided. So actually, I'd be taking a pay cut. They didn't know what else they could do, so I made a suggestion. I'd stay and do the night shift, but I wasn't going to give up my next shift. I was going to do that one as well. They agreed, because that meant that they wouldn't have to find a replacement for me for the next morning shift. That was, however, an even better deal for me. It took a few emails over the weekend with my union to sort out the particulars, but this is what happened. Once I couldn't leave my work site, I was on overtime. Because this overtime was mandatory, not voluntary, it remained in place until I went home. Because I didn't agree to drop my following day shift, my overtime continued until I ended on Saturday night. So, after working for 36 hours straight, I worked for the equivalent of 60 hours straight. I was the first person to, as they say, pull this stunt. And word got around that if you didn't get replaced, then you were actually the person who was in a position of power. It didn't take long until the department put a little more effort into training and employing extra staff, so something like that never happened again. Not to me, at least. Our next Reddit post is from Deleted. At my work, aviation, we had a rule that prohibited all forms of overtime. It was no biggie to most of us, but the bosses were very strict with every single minute, because the higher-ups were watching the time changing to make sure that no overtime was being clocked. I got a new job within the company that required me to move. I was working second shift, which was 2pm to 11pm Monday to Friday. So whenever I got to work, I would have to answer all the HR emails, which would put me behind on the checklist that I had to complete before moving. So I did the logical thing and emailed my supervisor asking to be transferred to the day shift. That way, I could be in the building during the daytime to talk to HR. Otherwise, I was going to miss my transfer date. My supervisor emails me back and says, You have a company laptop now. Answer those emails from your house. I am not swapping you to day shift. I responded, okay. So I began my day at 9am so I could email and team chat with various HR reps during the day and then go to work in the afternoon. I logged every minute and since I had a company laptop, I knew that they could see my login activity so I would have backup if they tried to claim that I was stealing time. Fast forward one week and the site manager, my boss's boss, pulls me aside and wants to know why I have almost 20 hours of overtime over the previous week when we're not allowed to have any overtime. I explained to him that I was given permission to take overtime from my supervisor. My boss's boss calls in my boss. My boss says that he gave no such permission. I tell them both about the email response, offer to send it to them, and print it up if they need it. My supervisor got as red as a fire truck. The site manager said that my overtime was approved, kicked me out of the office, and told me to close the door as I left. I received a text message two hours later informing me that I was to start the day shift immediately. Our next Reddit post is from ID Forgotten. I used to rent a room in my old roommate's condo. 
We generally got along, but he was a bit stingy and would get really anal about certain things that affected me unfairly as a paying roommate. The biggest point of contention was the thermostat. I liked to be comfortable and would keep it at 70 degrees. He preferred to keep it at 65 to save money, even though he was well off. I tried to compromise, but it descended into us each moving the thermostat when the other person left. Finally, he put his foot down and said that it had to stay at 65. Unfortunately for my roommate, I had learned about bimetallic strips that old thermostats used to gauge temperature. Basically, two different metals are back-to-back -back in a coil. As one expands more than the other, the coil unwinds and turns the furnace on or off. Knowing this, I agreed to keep the temperature at 65. But I didn't agree not to put a teeny tiny kink in the strip behind the dial to change what 65 meant to the furnace. Several times, he thought that our apartment was stupidly cold and started checking the dial to catch me red-handed. He was so confused when it showed exactly 65 degrees every time. Eventually, he started setting it even cooler to compensate, but with a subtle kink here or there, I managed to stay comfortable while keeping the peace. Our next Reddit post is from Shady Emoji. At university, I designed websites to make some extra cash and pay for tuition and rent. I got pretty good at it, and I had a great network of clients around London. One day, I was introduced to this lady, Debbie, who ran an interior design agency in West London. I say only kind of an interior designer because all of her clients were her friends or friends of her husband. She was extremely wealthy. She lived in a house on one of the most expensive streets in London and had a chauffeur on call. All of her money came from her husband, who seemed very sketchy. She also had these two sons who just sat around the house all day smoking weed despite being in their late 20s. Anyway, I designed a website for her which she was very pleased with. Her exact brief was, I want this website to show the best interior design service in London. I quoted the price, she agreed, and I built it. But then when it came time to pay, she suddenly started complaining that the website wasn't quite right, despite the website being live and generating way more traffic than before. She refused to pay and stopped answering my calls. What she didn't realize was that I owned the domain name and I could legally do whatever I wanted with it. So I directed her traffic to her closest competitor, a nearby interior design agency run by a rival of hers whom she hated. Within six hours, I got a phone call from her going ballistic that her website was broken and I had to get it fixed ASAP. I explained that I couldn't really do anything, but vaguely suggested that if she actually paid me, then maybe I could do something. I won't repeat the name she called me, but next morning, my account was credited with the money. I never bothered to change the domain back, and I blocked her number after that. The site is still live to this day. Our next Reddit post is from Ninerpus is my homie. When my son was in middle school, I was notified that he had to be picked up because he was in violation of the school dress code. I asked what the issue was, and on the phone, I was told, he's wearing a shirt that shows nudity. I freak out and rush to the school, my mind spinning as to what he possibly could have worn because none of his clothes that I knew of had nudity on it. As he gets in the car, I see the violation. He wore a t-shirt with Bruce Lee on it from Enter the Dragon. When I got home, I called the school to confirm that this was why they sent him home. 
Sure enough, a topless Bruce Lee's bare chest sent someone clutching their pearls, apparently. A quick stop to the craft store followed. Using puffy paint, I superimposed a lovely bikini top to cover Bruce's man nipples. <laughs> he wore the shirt to school again, and nobody dared to say a thing. Lol. Down in the comments, we have a similar story from G-Man. In my high school, a boy with long hair was reprimanded after returning from summer break for having hair down below his earlobes. This was against dress code unless you had Native American ancestry. He refused to cut his hair, so they forced him to wear his hair tucked under a wig during the day. He went out and bought a crazy white-haired wig. He rocked that wig all year long looking like Mark Twain. What do you think was more distracting, a white wig or slightly long hair? That was our slash malicious compliance. And if you like this content, be sure to follow my podcast because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.